Welcome to FedScoop's podcast series on IT modernization in government, underwritten today by Cisco Systems. I'm your host, Wyatt Cash, and in this week's episode, we're talking about a pivotal set of cybersecurity requirements sweeping across the defense industry called CMMC that's forcing thousands of defense contractors and technology vendors to demonstrate that their systems comply with strict cybersecurity requirements by the Defense Department. And we'll take a look at some ways that can make it easier for companies to comply with the Defense Department's requirements. Joining us to talk about that today is Andy Stewart, Senior Federal Strategist at Cisco Systems. Andy has a storied career, having served for nearly three decades in the U.S. Navy in a variety of cyber and cryptologic war leadership roles. He most recently served as Chief of Operations for the Navy's Fleet Cyber Command before retiring and joining Cisco two years ago as Senior Federal Strategist. Andy, thanks so much for joining us and welcome to the program. Thanks, Wyatt. It's great to be here. Also joining us is Ryan Bonner, an independent compliance consultant who focuses on cybersecurity regulations for defense contractors. Among other work, Ryan has been working with NIST Manufacturing Extension Partnership Offices, where he participates in grant-funded efforts to improve cyber resiliency for manufacturers in the defense industrial base. Ryan, thank you for joining us as well today. Thanks for having me. Well, Ryan, let's start by briefly describing what the CMMC compliance program is at the Department of Defense and why is it so important for defense contractors and vendors who want to do business with the Defense Department? The Cybersecurity Maturity Model Certification is really the DOD's latest attempt to stem the tide of intellectual property loss and data exfiltration within a very, very complex supply chain. If you look at the numbers, it's really easy to see what's motivating the DOD in regards to CMMC. The national defense budget's pushing $800 billion a year. And yet on the flip side, these current estimates show the United States losing between $600 billion and $1 trillion in intellectual property to foreign powers each year. So a lot of sources, including major media outlets and the FBI, are labeling this one of the largest transfers of wealth in human history. And the potential impact on American business is just staggering. So CMMC is really becoming such a hot topic because it's the culmination of roughly six years of enforcement efforts by DOD stakeholders to try and mitigate these losses, specifically losses of something that we would call controlled unclassified information. Well, Andy, given your years of DOD experience from the inside looking out, what did those six years of enforcement efforts look like? Yeah, I think what sometimes gets overlooked is that CMC is one part of several strategic initiatives to secure the supply chain and enhance the cybersecurity posture of the defense industrial base. Many of the CMMC controls for controlled unclassified information took shape under defense acquisition regulations or specifically the DFARS 252.204-7012 that were supposed to have been implemented by December 31st, 2017. And that's that's over two and a half years ago. And in 2019, the Department of Defense issued additional guidance memoranda to assist acquisition personnel in developing effective cybersecurity strategies. And those strategies mandated that the Defense Contract Management Agency include cybersecurity compliance as part of a contractor's purchasing system audit and approval. Moving forward into 2020, CMMC is nested in updates to DOD Directive 5000.1 that guides program managers on how to do acquisition. 
It incorporates many requirements, but most significantly, it places cybersecurity as foundational to all acquisition. You can trade cost and you can trade schedule and performance, but cybersecurity is fundamental to doing business with the DoD. While NIST 800-171 guidelines continue to form a substantial baseline for CMMC compliance through level three of the model, the big changes are about self-certification and letting organizations off the hook with in-process compliance. An independent third-party assessment and certification process replaces self-certification. And not counting the sale of commercial off-the-shelf products, all DOD contractors and subcontractors must be certified at least at level one in order to qualify for an award. And the CMMC approach does not allow for a deviation process for individual control gaps or plan of actions and milestones. In addition, CMMC imposes additional enhanced security requirements from the NIST 800-172 for level four and level five critical technology contracts where there is the greatest risk from advanced persistent threats. Finally, what I think is most new about CMMC is that in addition to the practices evaluation, which is associated with the NIST and DFAR standards, is that the processes are also evaluated at maturity level. In other words, processes detail maturity of the institutionalization of the practices. Well, even the accreditation body overseeing the CMMC program acknowledges that this review process is very complicated. Let's talk a little bit about why is that and what can defense contractors do to better prepare for the review process? Ryan, maybe you could start with that. Sure. CMMC assessors will attempt to understand not just whether certain practices are in place, but how well they are performed, documented, and managed on an ongoing basis. So this creates the need for much more data gathering, interview, uh, even practical demonstrations or observations during the assessment process. In the DOD space, uh, security controls assessors for classified systems often use something called the KID method. That K-I-D stands for known, implemented, and documented. If you apply that methodology to, let's say, a CMMC assessment, on-site assessors are going to be asking questions to see who knows the K about the practice under scrutiny, uh, requesting impromptu tests of the way something is implemented, or asking someone to show you that, and then also reviewing documents. So these extra data points are really going to increase the complexity of the assessments well beyond what we've seen before, which has been, you know, paper-based exercises or self-attestation or self-assessment. And Andy, what might you add to that? Yeah, I agree with Ryan. And, you know, if you put a conservative estimate of 300,000 companies in the DIB and then consider that even just a small portion of those may have a few enclaves that need to be certified and then acknowledge that every one of those SSPs will be different. That's a pretty large amount of surface area to cover just based on volume and combinatorial math. But I really like what Ryan talked about, that this is an interactive process that will require a discussion and review between assessors and the network owners. I don't view this as a negative thing at all. I was brought up in the Navy to inspect what you expect. The expectations for protecting uh, data should be high. So what would you say are the primary challenges that companies are now likely to face in order to earn CMMC accreditation and continue doing business with the Defense Department? 
First and foremost, I think we've seen contractors struggle with identifying the difference between controlled unclassified information, this newer category, good old federal contract information, which has been around longer, and their own proprietary business information. They don't understand their own data ownership and data rights well enough to know when they've crossed into CUI territory on a contract deliverable or newly created information, or when CUI is hitting their inbox from an outside customer. Yeah, just building on that, I think it begins with a crystal clear understanding of what data is CUI, which has been difficult to understand and identify on both the government side and the company or subcontractor side that is handling the information. It's been great that the DOD is putting a lot of effort into defining CUI more clearly, as well as efforts underway with Defense Acquisition University to help train program managers and the defense acquisition workforce on thinking about how they will handle CUI within their program. And having been a government program manager, I think one strategy that I would encourage for both companies and government program offices is to have a frequent dialogue about CUI in the program throughout the acquisition lifecycle of the program before contract award and frequently during execution. You know, this is as much about as communication, collaboration, coordination uh, issue as it is a technical implementation issue. So like Ryan said, I think we're going to see that as an accrediting entity performs accreditation activities, it's going to require an interview and discussion with the company being certified. Since the process maturity evaluation is a new requirement, this will be new for companies to ensure they have written down their processes, are paying attention to them, and are updating them. Yeah, and adding to these challenges, it's important to remember that government-sponsored security models sometimes focus on things that wouldn't make the top of our list of security priorities. So for starters, we, we tend to care a lot about all three letters in the CIA security triad. We want confidentiality, but we're also focused on integrity and availability. Yet CMMC is focused almost exclusively on confidentiality. Another example, we might be working on encrypting data using any means at our disposal. However, the government wants to see encryption that they've lab tested themselves. That can require you to call an audible on some of your current plans or strategies. Another example, they might require facility or security controls that don't necessarily account for cloud or co-located data centers or work from home scenarios. So you can see how these shifts in emphasis or thinking or standardization can add up to a compound set of challenges for small businesses and large businesses. I'd say overall, we're seeing a lack of documentation in contractor systems. CMMC's predecessor, NIST 800-171, assumed things like policy and procedures existed, but didn't explicitly require it. CMMC is closing that loop, and these oversights are going to impact future assessments and those certification outcomes. Well, that certainly sounds like it's going to add some burden to uh, demonstrate on the part of vendors. Andy, how does an infrastructure provider like Cisco, for example, make it easier for defense companies to get CMMC certified? Defense in depth works for security as well as certification and audits, right? And I think it's about our holistic approach to providing integrated networking and security solutions designed to work together with open industry standard interfaces that unify visibility, enable automation, and empower the workforce to work more efficiently, collaborate, and focus on the mission. It's about taking a platform-based approach that has redefined security for the industry 
like Cisco's SecureX security platform that's protecting 100% of the Fortune 100. A holistic approach is important when you look at the spectrum of operating, securing, and defending the network. Many organizations break those functions down into separate organizations, separate people, separate tools, and apply their funding and their overall efforts into many silos. That's just not a sustainable approach and is not consistent with a zero trust philosophy or approach that focuses on outcomes from the beginning, which is what an integrated platform approach enables. So the big picture for any CXO, you know, just being compliant is not a strategy. Being secure is not a strategy. And implementing controls and technology is not a strategy. When you focus on outcomes in a zero trust manner, you start designing the network and security concurrently and building from the inside out. You identify assets and data that need protection and determine who or what needs access. You design least privilege access into everything, devices, IoT, users, data, workloads, no matter where they are hosted, cloud or on-prem or in the data center all as a holistic platform. So for Cisco, with our integrated portfolio and being the zero trust leader in the market, our platform-based approach enables companies to go from a complex environment where IT and security teams are constantly trying to figure out how to integrate disparate tools and technologies to enabling the workforce uh, with a cohesive approach with a platform that's designed to work together you know, like a team. So Cisco's security platform implements industry-based standards that are designed to work out of the box in an integrated way with everything on the network. And having an integrated platform helps unify technology, processes, and people. It enhances collaboration and allows the sharing of context between tools and teams and ultimately enables the CMMC capabilities, practices, and processes to naturally work together, mature, and continue to evolve, which is the kind of outcome DOD is looking for. Ryan, what else would you add from your perspective that would make it easier for defense companies to get CMMC certified in general? I think that for a lot of these defense industrial-based contractors, this may be the first time that they've really had to manage a security and systems lifecycle against any sort of requirements. And so when that's happening for the first time, you really want to have a portfolio of vendors or providers who understand the federal mindset. So if you look around, you tend to see things like Cisco products really well represented in the DOD's own publicly vetted baselines and approved product lists. And there's a lot of free documentation out there in regards to how you could set those systems up or configure them against published standards. So that can pay down a lot of technical debt associated with things like configuration and life cycles. Also, I think it's important to look for cloud providers who are moving into the FedRAMP marketplace. That's going to be a big decision factor for contractors. It's more likely that someone listed in the FedRAMP marketplace is going to be aligned with future government requirements because agencies are also looking at using those same tools. Well, finally, gentlemen, what other recommendations would you offer to companies uh, not only to navigate through the CMMC process, but really to establish the kind of security foundation that DOD is ultimately looking for from the defense industrial base? Ryan, your thoughts on that? So I don't think I'm exaggerating when I say that security and compliance is not always self-evident. You have to learn the concepts from someone and you can never outsource 100% of that responsibility. But I think organizations have more knowledge, skills, and abilities for achieving CMMC certification than they realize. 
I'll regularly speak with a highly capable project manager or a quality professional, maybe even a business development person. And they'll tell me that they don't think they can make a difference in their CMMC implementation or that they don't have a role. You know, CMMC resource plan requirements are project management plans. CMMC's focus on repeatable process and conformity is a quality management system. And, you know, CMMC becoming that fourth pillar of the contract award process right next to cost and schedule and performance, that is a business development strategy. So I know we say that security is everyone's responsibility, but CMMC really is everyone's responsibility. You know, don't dump 500 pages of supplementals on your IT teams and expect a smooth ride. You have to get the whole team involved, use their day-to-day competencies to really institutionalize the knowledge and the process and even the culture. You know, at the risk of sounding trite, you know, for any company or organization, this is an all-hands-on-deck evolution. The C-suite needs to be involved to not only ensure that security is implemented and resourced appropriately with people and investments, but organizational leadership needs to be behind the effort so that everyone in the company understands their role in security and protecting data, whether it's the government's CUI data or the company's proprietary information. This is not something that's just for the security team or the infrastructure team or the DevOps team to independently figure out. It goes well beyond those teams and every employee has a role. You have to institute that kind of cultural philosophy and approach. And I'll footstop on taking a zero trust approach that focuses on outcomes from the start. Instead of thinking about security as the reason to always say no, security should be thought of as a core corporate mission enabler. And, you know, in a competitive market that must operate in a cyber environment that is continuously challenged by threats, securely operating and defending corporate assets, resources, and protecting government data is table stakes. It's foundational, and we've got to do it. And serving across the DIB and the federal government, Cisco is the bridge to help protect our nation's most vital data. Well, gentlemen, I'm afraid we're going to have to leave it there for today. Andy Stewart and Ryan Bonner, thank you so much for joining us to talk about the impact of CMMC certification and compliance rules on defense contractors and some ways to help those organizations better prepare to meet those cybersecurity requirements. So thanks for joining us. Thanks. It's great to be here. Thanks again for having me. Sure. And thanks to Cisco Systems for underwriting today's episode. Look for more of our coverage of IT modernization in government on fedscoop.com and our FedScoop radio channels on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. This is Wyatt Cash. Thanks for tuning in.